Welcome to the Loud Feedback Podcast, your place for discussion on music, movies, media, and more. I'm your host, Jeff Urhicken. And I'm your other host, Mike Gomes. And in this episode, we will be reviewing the new movie from Steven Spielberg, Ready Player One, and the new album from Judas Priest, Firepower. Yeah, it should be a good episode. So yeah, we are back with another episode. So as we like to do to start off the episode, we talk about what we've been up to. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've been up to, Mike? Well, I've been playing drums a lot, uh, practicing. We have uh, some new songs that we're writing uh, with the stench stuff. Yep. With And going to play a couple shows coming up pretty soon. So I've been getting my speed up uh, and uh, my chops just kind of getting that all together and then we had a birthday recently yeah 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 been visiting with my parents a lot lately um and uh working out like i've been starting to work out a little bit like try to squeeze in like 30 minutes a day it's it's uh the way to go if you know you need to work out yeah just set, yeah just set the timer for 30 minutes 30 minutes and yeah and you know you just try to stay busy the whole time you jump rope then you do some push-ups and then you do some sit-ups and then you jump rope again uh you know and just try to stay active the whole 30 minutes and i heard it on a podcast somewhere yeah and some some dude was like yoked out like <laughs> dude was cra- crazy yoked out and he's like yeah i just i just do 30 minutes a day and i was like then i was sold because i Damn. my attention span and my dedication aren't that that great for exercise so right right uh, yeah but basically it's like a power circuit you go from like one um one thing to the next you know obviously when you're jumping rope and stuff like that you'll get like you know like you know you'll be breathing hard you know yeah. so you do have to you do have to take a rest like after something like that but you know, just sure. to get your heart get your heart rate back down, so you can do that. But um, so are you yeah, talking about like circuit training, where you will do like one exercise and then do a rep of another exercise and then do another rep of the first exercise, kind of like that? Yeah, I think that is that what it's called, circuit training. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that's that's what I do when I work out. But I can't. I mean, I have to take breaks in between. But, right. But then right. you know, I'm at the gym for like you know an hour and a half or something sometimes. Yeah. And it's just takes up a lot of time, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, I'm like the 30-minute guy. I like, you know, my attention span's kind of small. So, like, if I have to do something, I'll do, like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes. And then and then usually, like, the, the you know, my timer on my phone will ring. And then I'll be like, oh, no, I could do a little bit more of that. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I, I, don't, I don't need it. You know what I mean? It's, it's But as long as I... You know, sometimes I'll do that where I'm just like, okay, at 30 minutes, and then I then I get to watch TV for 30 minutes or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, do yeah. what I do what I want for 30 minutes. But if I really have to get something done that I don't want to get done, like exercise, it's like the 30 minute rule. It's it's great. It's it's a good. It's I suggest any of our listeners to try it. Like if you really don't want to do something, just be like, okay, I'm just gonna do it for 30, 30 minutes, minutes, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna go freaking do whatever I do. You know, but it works. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, what, right what have you been doing? Uh, well, similarly, I've been um, prepping for the return of Stench, so mm-hmm. I've been uh, going over all of the old songs, and uh, just we just booked our first show back. That's going to be at the um, at the Punk Rock Bowling Festival this year in Vegas. So, yeah. for people who don't know, every year um, in May they have uh, Punk Rock Bowling. It's usually around like Memorial Day, and it's just all the punk bands from all over the country and all the labels and everything show up for a big festival, and then there's a bowling tournament. 
and it just happened mm-hmm. like a bunch of years ago and it's just kind of like a tradition that's kept on going and they usually have like a bunch of shows happen during this weekend and we're going to be playing kind of like the pool party to kind of wrap up the festivities on memorial day so it's going to be fun man it's been a long time since i've jammed with you guys and i think it's going to be a it's going to be some good times so yeah 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 and you know it's it's like it's it's it's, it's important that we're good for that you know Right, right. So you know, I've been I've been jamming and getting my uh, guitar chops up because I've been ma- mainly playing bass lately because I play bass in Rocketstead Glare. But it's yeah. been it's been you know it's been a lot of fun getting back on the guitar and you know now we have um, Nick who is the singer and guitarist of Rocketstead Glare is going to be playing the other guitar for Stench in this newest incarnation, and then uh, Jake from the band Modern Enemy is going to be playing bass. So with that lineup and then, uh, you know, obviously like you and then Garen singing, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a good lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be super cool. So, you know, you've been doing a lot of that, huh? Right. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Just, and uh, then just learning, you know, relearning all the old songs and then, um, yeah, I had recorded the, all the scratch tracks and everything for that EP that we're going to be doing, but that's, you know, a little bit down the line. Um, yeah, yeah, and I've been you know messing around with some recording, doing some recording in the studio, and then uh, like this today, this morning, I just recorded uh, my girlfriend playing piano, doing like a little uh, ballad song for her. So it's fun, man. Just kind of learning, learning more about like recording in general. Um, That's rad. Yeah, and then uh, besides that, I've got this. Um, well, I got this project kind of like um, it, it's it's in the very beginning stages and I can't really like say too much about it, but I'm going to be working on this documentary, um, about like a pretty famous actor. So it's going to be, and it's, it's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. So I'm, I'm working on that right now. Just kind of like going through the, um, like all the initial stages, just putting everything together. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so that, and then, uh, yeah. Is, is that, is that a soul? Is, is that part of, are are you just doing that or is it through another? I'm, I'm doing it at work. Uh huh. Yeah, um, I'm like the video marketing um, director for a uh, for a clinic, and we like with um, my boss. We kind of he 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 basically like had this idea with um, one of the clients that we have about doing a documentary about him. So um, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it should yeah, be pretty that's... fun. I, I don't know if you can hear Bodie, my my dog in the background. He's a uh, he's trying to get on the uh, episode. Wants to let his voice be heard. I don't yeah. know if you can hear that, but cute little guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. In addition to that, I've been on this fucking like i'm trying to do like this diet cleanse thing it's called it's called the whole 30 have you heard of that nope it's basically like take any food that tastes good and like you can't have that like you can only have food that like sucks (laughs) it's like the whole yeah well you can't have okay so you can't the the whole thing is like you want to just eat just whole foods for 30 days that's why it's called the whole 30 so you fucking you can't eat a whole lot of food, unfortunately. You can only eat like <laughs> like fruits, vegetables, and just meats. But you can't have like dairy. You can't have sugar. Uh, like no alcohol. Um, yeah. So I've been mainly like on a steady diet of uh, of chicken and lettuce for the most part. But I'm lucky that uh, Jessica has been making some awesome dinners. So like, if I didn't have her making dinners, like I. It'd be a lot tougher, but so far yeah. I'm like a week in. It's, it's tougher than I expected, but uh, so far so good. So I'm doing that. And you that. got it 30 days, huh? 30 days, yeah. And then it's supposed to kind of like cleanse out your system a little bit. And then when you start introducing new foods, you can find out like what foods you're sensitive to and like what you're, you know, I, I have allergies. So it, for me, it'll help me kind of determine like what I'm allergic to. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, and then besides that, I've been I've been on a kick where I'm watching a bunch of like old Hitchcock movies. Oh, nice. I mean, I, yeah, you know, you love Hitchcock too. I love Hitchcock, and like yeah. I, sometimes yeah. I'll go back and like just kind of like run through parts of his catalog and stuff. So I'm I'm been watching a lot of his movies from like the early '40s, like when he just moved from uh, from Britain over to Hollywood and started making movies in Hollywood. No way. Yeah. That's so I mean, that's cool. about that's about it for me. I mean, how how's the uh, the pilot doing? I I'm almost. Uh, I read half of it and then I set it down. Okay. I made a bunch of a bunch of notes on it and oh, then nice. um, yeah, and then I'm, I'm basically uh, gonna finish her up here probably after this podcast. I'll go to bed, sweet, read, finish, sweet. and read. But I like it. Awesome. I really like it. I really like it, dude. How's that coming along? Um, it's coming along good. I mean, I haven't really done to be honest. I haven't done that much in the last month or so. I've just had taking a, a little break things. from it. Kind of. And then you come back with fresh eyes. But another thing is because I have like um, I have another pilot idea in my head. You know, Uh-oh. yeah, yeah, and so I'm, I'm basically been kind of brainstorming, kind of trying to think about how that would work. But yeah, I think, I think it, it's, I think it'd be a pretty good one. Um, you know, obviously, I want to keep working on this other one. I have a lot of like really note, uh, really good notes from, um, from you know, people from our, my, our, the writers group that I'm in, and mm-hmm. then also from, uh, from Evan Cecil, who was uh, on, he was on our last episode. Yeah, he gave you some. Notes. Yeah, oh yeah, he did. Yeah, I've been, I've been talking to him about it too. Pitching. And yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's cool, man. I think I really want to push forward with it, but um, you know, I kind of just took a little bit of a uh, little bit of a break from it, you know, just for a yeah, little bit. Sometimes yeah. you got to do That's that and okay. come back with fresh eyes. Now, what would it take? Like, where would you be? How much would you need to do to get it pitchable? Like to like say like think, Netflix or I, something. I think or? it's pretty close as it is, but you know, I mm-hmm. I just I'm kind of like a perfectionist, so I just really want to yeah go over you know, make sure everything is as good as it can be because, you know, I don't want to pitch it if it's not hundred percent, you know? Right. So, right. I mean, I, one of the things I'm also kind of doing is thinking about what that pitch would be like, you know, how I do pitch. Cause I've, yeah. I've never done a pitch before and I kind of, I'm not going to lie. I kind of suck at that kind of stuff. So that's yeah. something that I got to get a lot better at. Right. Right. Well, that's, you know, it's possible we could find, you know, a pitch guy or whatever, or, or, practice, or somebody for you. Practice in front of the know? mirror or something. <laughs> I don't know. Practice, yeah, practice in the shower. Practice, practice yeah, giving to... my pitch to Bodie, our dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huh. Well, that's really cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Right on. Sweet. Well, dude, let's get into the meat. Yeah? Let's do this. All right, let's get, yeah. into, let's get into our movie news section. Okay, for our movie news section for this episode, we're going to be doing another episode of Stoked, Not Stoked. And that's where we take a look at some of the trailers for the movies that are going to be coming out soon in this next year and just weighing in on if that makes us stoked or not stoked. So the first movie we have is Solo, and that is the new movie in the Star Wars universe that's going to be coming out on Memorial Day. Mike, stoked or not stoked? You know, I usually would not be a star wars fan but we did do the review of that other star wars movie and i like that movie i was i was stoked on that movie and oh. i've never never thought i would be a star wars like fan um but i'm actually i'm actually stoked for this thing I, I think if it's half as good as the last one i think i'll be uh i think i'll be stoked i mean it, it I, I enjoyed the last star wars movie and um what was that movie uh that was, was it the, was it star wars episode eight the last jedi 
Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Because we also, I think we also reviewed uh, Rogue One, which was the one before that. Yeah, I don't think I like that one as much as mm-hmm. the last one, okay. uh, Episode Eight. But yeah, I'm actually I I watched the trailer and it looks like it's gonna be pretty good. I, I'm stoked. Uh, it'll be a good night of uh, movie watching for that. I hope. And yeah, I'm, I, I think uh, we got Woody Harrelson in there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's always a, a, a pleasure and, um, it, it looks from the trailer, you know, it looks like it's going to be good. So I'm stoked for that one. How about you? Uh, I'm moderately stoked. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe just like a little less stoked because at first I was very stoked because, um, they had, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were attached to direct this movie and they had done some other things that I thought were really clever in the way that they handled material. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, like a material that's not original. Um, it, it, that's kind of what they do is they come into material that's been existing for a while. It's like it's called an intellectual property. It's like an IP, like Star Wars or like, um, you know, they also did like the Lego movie and they did um, 21 these Jump di- Street. Yeah, these, these, these directors you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, they did. So they come into something that's already established and kind of like provide their own like new like fresh spin on it. And oh, I was crazy. really looking forward to see what they would do with this. But unfortunately, they didn't really see eye to eye with um, Kathleen Kennedy, who kind of oversees the Star Wars universe. And they got fired during the middle of the shoot. (laughs) And so, yeah, so Ron Howard stepped in to kind of like finish the movie. And, you know, Ron Howard's always reliable. I'm sure that he's, you know, does a a fine job. Um, I also had heard some rumors about this movie where the lead actor, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, who plays Han Solo, was having some kind of issues with his acting. And they had to bring in like an acting coach or something. I don't know. It's just, I'm just, I I hate to be like talking about rumors, but I think I'd heard it like from a couple different sources. So that may be true. It may not be true, but stuff like that kind of, you know, when they have uh, trouble during the production, sometimes that means that the movie might not be that good, but you know, Mm -hmm. there's other movies that have this, that have tons of trouble behind the scenes making the movie. And then when it comes out, it's like actually pretty good. Like a, a famous example of this is the movie World War Z with Brad Pitt. Did you see that? The zombie movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that movie was notorious for having like tons and tons of problems. And really? then, yeah, behind the scenes. And then when it came out, I was like, you know, it's actually like a pretty good movie. So, right. You know, uh, maybe that's going to happen with this movie. It's. I mean, the trailer looks pretty good, I think. I, the teaser trailer when that came out. I didn't think that it looked as good, but then when this the newer trailer came out, I'm like, okay, this I, I kind of see where this is going, and uh, I'm yeah, I think I'm also pretty stoked to see uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, <laughs> like a younger yeah. version of him. It looks awesome. So yeah, moderately yeah. stoked. Moderately. I didn't know that. I didn't know that all that um, happened. That's crazy. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, they probably have so much money, like they could do whatever they want, and of like uh, you know, but. It's, they have a lot riding on it too, so that you know they have to do whatever they can. Yeah, that would be crazy though if that rumor was actually true yeah. about the actors. They're like, dude, could you imagine? He's like, they're like, you're terrible. He's probably like on dope and shit. He's like, just fucking shooting up in his trailer. Just, I don't know. They're like, yeah, we had to bring in acting coaches. <laughs> yeah, they go to uh, rehab okay. for thirty. No, but uh, wow, I know that, I know that shit can happen too. But yeah, I don't I don't think that was the case. But yeah, man, could you imagine if you were him and they're just like, no, dude, you just suck, bro. Yeah, like, gotta be, uh, I mean, there's got to be so much uh, so much stress, so much pressure on you. Oh yeah, carrying like an iconic role like that, and 
you know, and you're stepping into like, Harrison Ford's shoes, you know, that's, that's, that's insane. I can't imagine the stress that would be. He probably got, they probably just like, he probably humped the casting director and then they're just like, oh, why did you cast this guy? They're just like, well, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) who knows? He was really good and stuff. (laughs) No, that's crazy, dude. That's, that's cool though. I'd love to hear the actual, you know, hear, yeah. Yeah. We probably will never hear the actual story, but. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know, huh? But yeah, we'll see what happens when the movie comes out. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'll I'll go see it when it comes out. That's for sure. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. That's kind of how I feel. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, you know? Well, are you going to go watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Uh, you know, the thing is, is I'm probably going to watch it. You know, I'm probably going to watch it. It's like, you know, it's like McDonald's. You go, you like, no, it's bad for you. You know, it's not good. And you go there and you're like, you're like, okay, well, and you know, I've had this cheeseburger before and I've had a Big Mac before, but you know what? It's, it's, it's going to be the same. They make it the same every time and it's guaranteed it's going to taste the same. And I'm going to have it. And I know it's bad for me. You know, you could have like Whole Foods right next door and you're like, no, dude, I'm rocking McDonald's today. You know, and you know, it's bad for you, but you just, you just do it anyway. So I'm not stoked for that, but it's like, <laughs> I'm not stoked when I have to go to McDonald's, but I go there anyways. Yeah. It's the fast like, food. Dra- so you're saying Jurassic Park is like the fast food of movies. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. So, it, so you're not really stoked. You'll go watch it. No, not, not that stoked, but I'm going to watch it. That's such a weird conundrum. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I probably won't see it in the theater or whatever, but you know, I know I haven't gotten my movie pass yet. My sister just told me about movie pass too. She's like, you got to do it. And like, they go to a bunch of movies now because they got it. Yeah, I go all the time. You know, um, that's what I'm going to end up doing is I'll get a movie pass and then I'll just go see it, you know, whatever. But right. What about you? Oh, um, I'm a little more stoked on this than I was after I after I saw the first teaser, kind of like the same mm-hmm. thing with Solo, but still mm-hmm. not totally stoked. Now, mm-hmm. the reason why is that it seems like this movie is like hitting all the same story beats that we usually see in Jurassic Park movies. All the it's same. Like, yeah, like the dinosaur steps in at the last minute to like fight another dinosaur that's about to like eat the hero. Um, yeah that you know stuff like that it just looks like it's the same old thing over and over and over again uh, um, yeah i i do have to say i'm a little more stoked that jeff goldblum is back because jeff yeah. goldblum is freaking awesome yeah um so that is a plus uh we have kind of like an unproven director um as far as when it comes to big budget blockbuster movies it's this guy j j a bayona and hmm. uh he's done this movie um orphanage that i saw that was you know it was pretty good it was like oh man it was like quite a few years ago and he recently did a, a movie that i have not seen yet called a monster calls and apparently like that movie was really really uh well received and that's um why he got this job and apparently he handles like you know special effects good and you know that does this type of action movie well um so you know we'll see it's like they did that with uh the last director from the first jurassic world movie uh colin trevorrow and that worked because that movie was like one of the um, one of the highest grossing movies of for opening weekend, like of all time. Huh. And, you know, he, again, he, he hadn't done any like real big movies before he got Jurassic world. And then he did, he did a fine job. It was cool. <clears throat> Although he did get <laughs> because of Jurassic world, because of the success of Jurassic world, he got hired 
to direct uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. But then again, just like with um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, like he got fired from that, and now J.J. Abrams is going to be doing it. Jeez. So you never know. You know, it could it could go well. It could not. I'm not that stoked because it's the same shit. I mean, I like I like Chris Pratt. I definitely like Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of like, eh, still not too stoked. Yeah, who's that? Who's that? Who's the main actor? That guy? What's his name? Oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, is that Chris? Yeah, Pratt? I like yeah. I like Chris Pratt. Yeah, I do. I like his acting, and God, man, he's actually um, in uh, the next movie we're going to talk about, Avengers: Infinity War. Yep, he's in that f- movie too. Yes, he is. Are you still? Are you stoked? Or are you not stoked for Avengers: Infinity War? You know, I'm not like stoked uh, just because it's more McDonald's for me. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's like they got the big battle at the end. They use all the same kind of uh, thing. You know, there's a lot of there's crazy lot of characters in this movie. I think yes. they said there's like yes. 72. Yeah, it's or something. insane. It's 72, insane. you know, characters. So that's going to be that might be kind of cool to see, you know. But I mean, when you have all these different characters, you know, and if you don't know their origin story and all that you just kind of you're kind of lost you know especially like some older people if they don't they're not into the marvel thing you know it's it's i guess it's kind of more of a younger crowd kind of thing but if you don't know all the characters and you haven't seen them like for exact for example dr strange is in this i love dr dr strange that you know his his origin story was sick i like i liked black panther origin story but if you don't if you don't know like what they're about and what the, what they come from, and I've talked about this before. Then, then you kind of get lost, especially if there's seventy two characters in there. I mean, you don't know what what their special deal is, or what's their weakness and what's their strength. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've covered a lot of Marvel movies on this podcast, right. and you know, it just kind of seems like it's going to be the same. But yeah, so not that stoked. Not that stoked. But again, I'm going to go to McDonald's, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm probably that one I might not watch, but. But uh, yeah. But yeah, it's McDonald's to me again. But you know, these are the things that make Hollywood money. You know. Yep. So, yep. what about you? I'm cautiously stoked. Um, I think mm-hmm. they they uh, Marvel has done a great job with the last few Marvel movies that I've seen. I mean, like you said, Black Panther, I thought was really was a really good movie, and well I also loved uh, Thor Ragnarok. That movie was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, the, these kind of movies that are like the solo movies are more. I think I've said this before. They're more kind of like genre one-offs. It's kind of, you know, just kind of like... What a, does that mean? Well, it's just like, uh, you know, say like Ant-Man. It's kind of like a heist movie, you know? And then um, this Thor movie that came out, it's like, it almost feels like it's kind of like a buddy cop movie. You know what I mean? That's like, they have like these different... They're like different genre styles rather than just being like oh. a just like generic superhero movie. And I think that's okay. really smart because it makes all of the movies different. Um, right. And then... You know, for these Avengers movies, that's like the payoff of all of these movies. It's like, okay, yeah, well, people that haven't been watching the Avengers movies oh, I are, see. aren't going to get it. But, I mean, okay, well, then this isn't for them. It's still going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. I mean, like, right? We, they don't need those people that haven't been watching these movies. I mean, people, gotcha. people are going to turn out in spades for this. Gotcha. So, um, my, again, my only concern is the same as what you were talking about. with the uh, With so many characters... I wonder if it's just going to water down the story because it's like you have to give screen time to so many different actors. And right. you may kind of like, it may just kind of dilute the story. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, 
um, they have a good track record with this because the guys who directed it are, are the Russo brothers. And the last movie they did was uh, Captain America Civil War, which I thought was pretty good. And that's mm-hmm. another movie that if you want to go look at our archives, you can see that we remo- we reviewed that movie back too when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that is interesting is I've heard rumors that some of the main characters might actually die in this movie because huh. they're kind of trying to like uh, clean the slate a little bit to uh, start kind of fresh with some of these new characters. Like, I'm pretty sure that with the success of Black Panther, you're going to see the Black Panther character, um, you know, kind of taking a more um, a more dominant role within the Marvel universe. And then they mm-hmm. have like some new, um, you know, some new characters that they're going to be introducing like in the next few years or something like Captain Marvel, which is like a, a female um, superhero. And, you know, some of these actors, they're, you know, their contracts are getting up and they're just, you know, they maybe they don't want to play and <laughs> play Marvel movies anymore. You know, I think that Robert Downey Jr. said like several times that he's kind of over it. So, hmm. you know, but then he keeps coming back. So you never know. It's kind of like, well, the, you know, yeah, like some money must be incredible. Oh, I'm sure it's insane. So, yeah, I, I'm I have concerns about this movie, but overall, I'm pretty stoked. I'm cautiously stoked. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's move on to Ocean's 8. Ocean's stoked 8. Stoked or not stoked? I, this is a movie that you go see with your girlfriend. This is an all, this is a total chick flick. It's a chick, I don't know if they've ever done it, but I'm sure they've done it before, but this is like the chick heist movie. Mm-hmm. This is like the movie that you actually can bite the bullet and go see with your jump on the grenade it's not that bad of an explosion either it's not that bad of an explosion it's like kind of like jumping on an m80 as opposed to a grenade like you it's not gonna you're gonna be kind of stoked as the guy you know but it's a chick movie and your chick's gonna be stoked she's gonna love it it's gonna be a bunch of tough chicks and a bunch of chick humor and um yeah that's the one you go see and that's the one you go see that's that's date night that is total date night um not i mean Okay, if I did that, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be stoked, but I'd be stoked later when we came home. When we came home, so you know what I mean? Because she's all feels all tough because she watched like a cool chick movie, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm a badass too." And then next thing you know, you're stoked. <laughs> yeah, so that's a total. That's a total. Uh, that's a that's a girl movie. So you're like, um, so what you're, you're like pre-stoked. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly it's strategically stoked <laughs> but uh you know it looks it looks fun it looks fun it's it's that's date night guys that's date night that's what you go see with uh your girly or guy or or guy well i don't know if it would work for that but yeah or your guy whatever you know whatever your deal is whatever but um into. yeah but uh yeah that's a total chick flick um but uh yeah definitely uh good movie to see with your uh significant other um but yeah oceans eight how about you what what are you with it yeah okay you know i'm, I'm trying to be stoked on this but i'm yeah i'm, I'm not that stoked yeah i know and so first off the uh the director of all the oceans 11 movies is uh steven soderbergh and he's not mm-hmm. back for this one it's um mm-hmm. some I, I forget the director but it's a, di- a different mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. and you know, it feels like they're trying to just do this thing where they're like gender swapping like a known property rather mm-hmm. than doing something new with female characters. They're just trying to be like, oh, let's do like 
a female version of this. It's like we saw that last year with uh, Ghostbusters. It was like, yes, yes, oh, look, exactly. at, let's do like a female version of Ghostbusters. This feels exactly like that. And I'm kind of afraid that the end result is going to be the same. Because with <clears throat> with uh, female Ghostbusters, it was kind of like, okay, well, that's there wasn't anything like interesting or like original about it. It was just like, oh, well, it's Ghostbusters, but girls, and that's it. Like nothing, mm. you know? And I get why they're doing it because, you know, there's all this uh, sexism backlash going on in Hollywood. And, you know, oh. I, I, that's the thing. It's like I'm rooting for this movie to do well. I want it to do good. And, you know, I do love me a good heist movie. But this mm-hmm. just it just feels like it's like derivative. Like they're just taking... It does feel like that, huh? Yeah, wow. like it's just going to be like a watered-down version of what we might have gotten from like another Ocean's Eleven movie with Steven Soderbergh directing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, 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 don't, wow. I, I don't know. I mean... Again, like I, I'm rooting for this, for this movie, and I'm trying to be stoked, but it's just it's hard. I'm finding it hard to be stoked. So that's I'm, a really I'm, good I'm, observation. I'm like, I'm like yeah. challenge, challengingly stoked. Right, <laughs> you're apprehensively word. like stoked. Sure. Uh, yeah, I you kind of it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you're gonna you know when you yeah do that thing, and you know you're like it's going to have a bad result, but you're like, well, maybe this may- time it's may- not going to happen. You know, I, don't, I don't know. It's just, it, it didn't work for ghostbusters and it seems, it seems like they're doing the same exact thing here. The, yeah. That's a really good observation. I didn't pick that up, but I think you're right. Hopefully, hopefully they can pull it off if they pull it I out. Like, and, yeah. I mean, it I, could be really funny. It could be really good. So, and I'm going to use that, you know, I'm going to be, I'm that's, that's definitely going to be a date movie. You yeah. Know and if I mean? you, yeah, if you want a good date movie though, it's like, you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong, dude. You cannot go wrong. Good move, boys. Good, Good move. move. Solid. Okay, let's get the the very last movie for our Stoke Not Stoked episode is The Meg. The Meg. As in Megalodon. Yeah. Stoked or not stoked? Um, Not stoked. Okay, so basically this is uh, Megalodon is a ancient it's a dinosaur basically but but dinosaur meaning that it existed like 60 million years ago to like 2 million years ago or something and the cool part of it is it is very well possible the ocean is very big there could be a megalodon still living it's totally possible but a megalodon is a is an ancient species it's basically it was a 60-foot-long great white shark is basically what it was, uh, which is basically the size of a school bus. And, um, you know, it's like Jaws on steroids, basically. And right. But it just, we just, um, I don't know. I, I think I think uh, Jace, Jason Statham is in it he he's uh for those of you that don't know he's the uh he was cast uh, one of his first big roles was uh locked stocked in two smoking barrels and then snatch and uh and then recently the 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 fate of the fast and furious he's like this british actor that uh kind of a balding british actor that is really plays the role well uh as the hero or the villain uh he was originally cast by um, Guy Ritchie uh, mm-hmm. when Guy Ritchie found out that he had a past. Uh, Jason Statham had a past of uh, being a black market salesman. 
Really? Yeah. And so Guy Ritchie and him kind of hit it off. And Guy Ritchie said, oh, well, he'd be great for um, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels Mm -hmm. because we have this part. And that's how he got his start. And he kind of got a late start. I think he was like early 30s or whatever. And um, He was great in Snatch, by the way. Like, I love that movie. And he's awesome in it. Yeah, he locks stops. He's funny was, too. I mean, like he has comedic chops. Yeah, he's for an action he's, guy. Yeah, he's an action guy, man. He's kind of like uh, the the bald British rock kind of. Yeah, yeah, he's huge, man. He's like so big, you know. Like everyone knows that guy's face, you know. He's yeah. just uh, done a lot of good. But you got this is you know a typical. It's Jaws. Uh, it's a sixty foot. I think they even they must have made it bigger because like I watched the trailer and like this thing was. Like ginormous, it looked like it was eating like a big boat, and and the boat looked like a little tic tac in its mouth. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. ridiculous. Like how you, it was so big, like you couldn't figure out how big this thing was. And um, yeah, so it's a Jaws, uh, Jaws knockoff. Um, and I think this one's gonna. I think it'll probably tank, to be honest with you, but. You know, you never know, I guess. But yeah, not stoked. Uh, I probably won't go see that one. What about you? Okay, I'm I'm gonna surprise you. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm okay. I'm guilty pleasure stoked on this. Oh really? Now, this looks fun, and like I do like Jason Statham a lot, and I got the visual effects actually look pretty good in this. Now this has the potential to be really really bad. Uh-huh. It's clearly over the top, but is it gonna be? A good over the top or a bad over the top because you, there's a difference. Like sometimes you can have an over the top movie, and it's great. Sometimes, usually, when you have an over the top movie, it's terrible. And this has definitely the potential to go either way. Most likely, it's gonna go, it's gonna be really bad. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, I, for right now, I'm guilty pleasure stoked, and I'm like I'm kind of looking forward to it. Wow, it, nice, yeah. nice, yeah, surpri- no, no. surprising, right? Now, what happens when a movie? What happens when a movie goes from like over the top to like way, way over the top? Like, what's that movie where they have the flying sharks and stuff? Oh, Sharknado. Sharknado. (laughs) Do you think? Do you think that was just an accident that they went way over the top? No, of course. Turn out. No, they did it on purpose. Of course, they did it on purpose because they're like, who's 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 not gonna want to like be curious about a movie called sharknado <laughs> it's just like it's just like so bad that you have to like it's like a train wreck you have to watch you know what i mean oh. it's like yeah it's that's kind of like in like this so bad it's good but like still not good like like still, still they bad. didn't plan on it being good they yeah. didn't even plan on it being good they're no. just like we're gonna make it so ridiculous over the top no. that it's just like and i mean you can have like over the top that movies are just bad like without even trying to be like good being mm-hmm. bad i mean you get like michael bay movies you know like some of these transformer movies it's just like way over the top and it just sucks <laughs> yeah but, yeah you know I, I i don't know this looks like it looks like for a movie like this like they're kind of like in on the joke so to speak gotcha gotcha and if gotcha. if they are and if they do it well this could be hilarious it's like almost like when um you know when snakes on a plane came out it's like yeah everyone wanted to see that because it was like oh this looks like it's going to be so bad that it's good but it turned out being like so bad that it actually is really bad and i'm I'm hoping (laughs) i'm hoping that this doesn't follow in the footsteps and is actually like so bad that it is actually good 
Wow, nice. Very observant. I like that. Nice. Yeah, well, that's it for Stoke, not Stoked. Um, I think it's about time for us to get into our movie review for this episode, which is Ready Player One. None of this is in The Shining. See, look, that's the zombie circle level in Mayhem Mansion, one of Halliday's first games. The whole Shining trivia is just a diversion. One minute left. How do we get to her? Take the leap. Wait! Ah! Okay, Mr. Dead Guy. Cool if I lead? Okay, Ready Player One is the new movie from this guy. He's a director. His name is Steven Spielberg. I don't know. He's kind of like he's done a few indie movies. You might have heard of him. Um... And this is based off a book from Ernest Cline that he had wrote, I think, back in like 2011. Oh wow! Um, so for this movie, like I, I when I first heard about this movie, I'd been following its progress because I ended up, um, I didn't read the book, but I listened to the audio book, and this was the first audio book that I ever listened to. You know, I, well, I, you know me, I really enjoy reading. I read a lot of books. Yeah, yeah, you're but this, reading, yeah, yeah. But this was the first time that I've ever like listened to a book, and like I was so into it. It's it's a really good book. Wow. Um, it just has the, the it's very um, packed full of like 80s references, which of course, you know, like I'm like a child of the 80s. So I eat that shit right up. Mm-hmm. But also I love like a scavenger hunt type situation where you're like solving puzzles that lead to the next puzzle. And it's totally like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, the whole world that they created, not only with like the dystopian future, but also with this virtual reality um like alternate reality that everyone kind of like spends a lot of their time in. I thought that the world building was really interesting and kind of like, Oh, I could actually kind of like see like uh, our society kind of shifting more towards that as we, uh, as we advance technologically. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going <laughs> to, it's not going to reach the, the levels that are uh, shown in this, in this movie or in the book, but I thought that it um, was an interesting uh, like thematic element. So that's kind of my backstory of this movie. I was really excited for it. Um, mm-hmm. And also, okay, like I'm a big Steven Spielberg fan. He's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. I don't know. Did you see that that documentary that HBO did called Spielberg? It was no. just on him. Oh, I I recommend it. It's really good. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's it shows like old footage of like him just like hanging out with like Scorsese and like Francis Ford Coppola, just like at parties and stuff. Like totally like old school like seventies. Really, it's pretty rad, man. Yeah, just like his his whole career has been like pretty awesome, and he seems like he's you know. He loves film, and it kind of shows in everything that he does. So, a- anyways, um, so let's get to the movie. I guess I guess since I've been talking about, I'll kind of weigh in on it first here. So, mm-hmm. obvi- okay, the movie differs a lot from the book. I'm just going to say that right off. Uh, really? The book was focused more on, like, 80s references. And, um, and this movie was kind of focused more on, like, current references, which is fine, and that makes it more relatable to a, fil- a film audience. But, you know, I think that a lot of the character of the of the book was kind of based on like this retro like nostalgic love for 80s culture and i think that you that you get some of that but it's a little bit diluted um the visual effects of the oasis while they're competently done and look fine and at times they're actually like pretty impressive sort of lacked the imagination that i was hoping for you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's supposed to be kind of like a video game but like a futuristic version of a video game. And it just kind of, mm-hmm. to me, sort of just felt like a video game, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I was hoping that they might kind of like have like some kind of like unique um, technical, like some, yeah, some kind of like visual effects technique that they might use. That was just something that I hadn't seen before, but it was kind of like nothing like that. It just looked like Avatar. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. the main, the main characters are fine. Uh, although I wouldn't say that they're exceptional. Um, I normally like the actor, Mark Rylance, who's, you know, he's a great actor and he plays uh, James Halliday. I thought he was kind of bad in this movie and I was surprised because he's like one of those like actors that gets nominated for Oscars. And wow. I just thought he was just kind of like, just weird and like didn't, was just kind of like off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like Ben Mendelsohn who was like the, uh, the villain Sorrento. Mm-hmm. I liked his take on it because he's like, you know, he's this villain who's supposed to be kind of threatening, but he's also like kind of a nerd. And that's, that's kind of what somebody like that would be like, right? If you were, if you were like a, um, you know, working for a company that was doing virtual reality and, you know, creating these, you know, w- was basically like living in this environment. Like you, you, it's kind of like a lot of nerds. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I like, I thought I liked his character and I love Simon Pegg and it was weird to hear him with an American accent because he's a British guy and every movie I've seen him in, he has a British accent and he's a funny dude, really talented, good, good writer too. Um, but it was kind of weird to hear him with an American accent. Yeah, uh, I thought the the original story of this is so good that's like you know based on the book that it's kind of hard to like screw up and make it bad, and uh, with Spielberg directing that's even bonus points that's gonna make it really hard for it to uh, to screw up, and it's not like I'm really disappointed in this movie, but like as is often the case you know the book is is a lot better. Um, one of the things I parts of the movie that I really did like was the uh, was the the shining sequence. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's kind of like a spoiler, but that part was like kind of made the entire movie for me. So I thought that the movie was like decent. Um, you know, I, I it was disappointing because I, I like I said, I've been following this movie for a while. So maybe it's not fair that I had higher hopes for it. But I, it, the, when it comes down to it, all I can do is just say that it's like a pretty decent movie. I recommend anyone who's like into this kind of thing and sci-fi in general go out and see it. I mean, my girlfriend's like she's not into sci-fi at all. And she thought that it was like, OK, like pretty good. And hmm. she usually is not like a fan of sci-fi stuff, so it is you know it 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 can relate to a lot of different people like a pretty broad audience. I gave I gave it a six out of eight for me. Six so, out of eight. Yeah. So cool. what's what's your uh, what's what's your take on Ready Player One? Well, I um, saw it with my mom and dad. We went mm-hmm. to the movies together, and overall, it was enjoyable. Um, it's definitely the first movie of its type. I love virtual reality. Uh, I bought uh, my nephew a, a VR set. You know, I didn't get one myself, but I bought him one, and I've experienced it. I've been to several virtual reality. No, I've been to one re- virtual reality cafe, and I've been to. I played a bunch of VR with him, and it's cool, man. VR is awesome, and. Our society is going to go in that direction. And Spielberg is always, obviously, futuristic in everything, a lot of stuff that he does. Um, yeah, it's like he either goes forward or backwards. You know, he's either like yeah. doing something where he's like, where it's like Lincoln, where it's like an historical like drama, or he's doing something like Ready Player One. He's got a lot of range for a director. Yeah, yeah he's definitely, he's definitely either future or, or past tense, you know, like Private Ryan or whatever, you know, right, historical right. Or, or futuristic, I right. guess. Is, yeah. And I had a, 
real problem with the VR world. I mm. basically the movie goes it blends the current futuristic status of where these people are living. I think it's what 2020, no, 2035 or 25 or I don't, I don't I don't remember the the year. I th- I think it was I think it's like further than that. Yeah, it was like, like it might have been like more in the future. Yeah. Anyways, it takes place. The story takes place in the future, and right. then it goes into the VR world. And I liked what they did with the the place where the story takes place. Okay, so the story takes place in the world of two thousand whatever uh, fifty or whatever. Yeah, I think it's around. I think it's yeah. I think it's right around like two thousand fifty. And I liked that. So basically, what happens is 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 the guy, uh, the main character, will put on his VR headset, and then he's in another world. He's in the VR world, and then he'll take it off, and then he's back, you know, sitting on his couch or in in two thousand fifty. Mm-hmm. I really liked what they did with the two thousand fifty world. I thought it was it was it was it was basically the it was in the future and. It was not a very nice place to live. I mean, they had like, you know, trailer park. You know, you think of a trailer park, it's already a dump. And then they had them like trailers stacked on top of each other. And it wasn't a very, it wasn't a world you would like really want to be in. So it makes sense why a lot of people would escape in the VR world, I thought. But I thought that that world, uh, the existing world of the story was... um, I like the way they built that. And there's mm-hmm. been mixed reviews on that. Um, some people didn't like it. They thought they should have done more with that. Um, but I liked that world. But when the guy went into the VR world, um, there was parts that were, you know, palatable. And there was parts that, that I liked. You know, there's a race sequence in the movie where they're racing vehicles. And um, it was just a little too fast for me. It, it was hard to... Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that because I didn't love that sequence either, and that's not in the book. Like, it's totally different. That whole thing is they like the race was created just for the movie, and like, really? yeah, I didn't, I, I wasn't a fan of that scene. Yeah, I just, it didn't, it, I, it was hard to, it, it didn't hold my attention very well, and it was like really fastly cut, and and it's artificial, right? And it feels artificial, yeah. and um, it's. I don't think it should feel artificial. Of course, it is VR, you know, but they want it to seem. I don't know. It was hard to follow. It was it was really jumpy and everything, and it, and and it it lacked um it lacked believability and and um there's lots of parts where like you're like yeah well he how does he feel like he's floating you know and then how is that guy falling and feel that way you just didn't it lacked um believability. Um, and it was a little too jumpy. And like you said, it was like this artificial world. It's like, uh, this VR world. I thought they did really this like, oh, almost cartoony, cartoony world, like a video game world. And I thought that the parts where they did go into spoiler alert, when they went into the movie, the shining, it was more of a uh, of a real world with with real people, and um, that was really well done. Yeah. 
the VR world that they created when it wasn't so cartoony and vi- video gameistic or right. whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, yeah, I'm right there with you on all of that. And, um, you know, I thought they could have done, done a better job with that VR world. I just, it was a little bit much for me. And especially, you know, being a video gamey world, like my parents, like they don't know what, they don't play video games. They don't, they, they don't? don't even, no. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to, are you trying to tell me that your mom does not play Warcraft? <laughs> no, she doesn't. No. Cheryl Gomes does not play War- Warcraft. No. Are you trying to tell me Henry Gomes does not play Warcraft? <laughs> wow? You don't play WoW, Dad? World Dude, of Warcraft? No, he, play, he plays Minecraft. Oh, Minecraft. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. That's... Yeah, no. So, it, you know, this this movie's made for a younger audience. And um, my mom said that. She's like, yeah, it's more of... I think it's more for a, a younger audience. I'm like, yeah, Mom. So, it didn't, didn't really work that way for the right way for older people you know yeah even if even if a movie is like aimed at a younger audience if like if the older audience doesn't find something that universal that they can kind of relate to and like attach to then it's kind of like a fail Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. even movies that aren't are like for more of a specific audience should have something to appeal to like most demographics like a a universal demographic Mm mm-hmm I could easily see like a big curve, like you know, like um, up to thirty years old. You'd probably have like people more stoked, and then it would just like drop off, you know, as as the age goes up. You know, like the graph would drop off, and sure. old, older people past, you know, whatever thirty wouldn't, you know. So you know, lots of pop culture references. Not the best script. Um, I walked away, you know overall like satisfied like Mm -hmm. i was like you know gave me something to think about anytime a movie gives me something to think about i i i I think it's a success you know and i think with such a cool subject and such a you know something that's probably going to be part of the future i thought they could have done a better job who knows how much money they spent on it but i just thought they could have done a better job so i'm kind of with you you know uh Mm -hmm. six out of you know like six out of eight you know yeah it's, it's right around there you know but um I think it's worth it to see. I don't think you need to go see it in the movie theater. I don't know. Maybe you should, you know, see that movie in the movie theater. But movies are so expensive. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, it is It is kind of a good movie to see in the theater if you're going to go see a movie in the theater. Because it is kind of built on spectacle. Right. Right. That Those that, movies are usually the I best mean. to see, like, in the theater rather than, like, at home. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah there you go. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our movie section for this episode. Now let's get into our music section for our music news. Okay, so was it? A, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, I went to go see the Sabroso Festival, which is the some um, like punk rock and beer and taco festival in Dana Point, and the very next day. Mike Gomes went to go see the Sabrosa Festival up in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that we would um, we you know we talk about this festival experience because it's it's something that's kind of like a new format. And the yeah. first the first one I I had gone to was um was back in October, and that was called the um, Punk and Drublick Fest, and that was on the beach here in Huntington, and it had like uh, no. We effects. talked about that, yeah. yeah, yeah, with no effects and bad religion, and like kind of like free craft beers up to a certain point. So this is very similar, kind of like following in that same format. 
And what it was was you, you would have um, all these craft beer places or companies have their own booth set up at this place. And they're giving out f- like free tasters of beer up until like I think 4 o'clock. So you can basically drink as much beer as you want. And also they're giving out free tacos. You can get free, is like free tacos up until 4. And then they have um, a bunch of bands play. And, man, I I love this format. It's a lot of fun. Um, for this one, for the Sabrosa Fest, uh, the bands, I didn't get to see all the bands. But the bands that I saw were um, Unwritten Law, uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, uh, The Vandals, Pennywise, and The Offspring. Mm-hmm. So I got there at about uh, like 3 o'clock. So oh, that nice, gave yeah. me like an hour. I got hour. there at 4 Okay, yeah. yeah, I had like an hour of drinking time. So this was while Unwritten Law was on. So we how did were... how did that how did the drinking uh, go? Uh, like, cause we w- Chris and I showed up at four after after oh, okay. uh, they stopped, and it was crazy uh, because there was a big line. There was a big line to get in because get in. that was right. Yeah, because I mean... that was after they stopped serving booze and and whatever. It was a. Uh, I don't know, a new chapter of the festival. And so there's a bunch of big line of people waiting. Yeah, and well, then we flowed right in. Yeah, there was a big line when I went there too. That's why we didn't get there until three. We actually left pretty early, but we had to like, fuck, we had to take like an Uber down to this place. And then like, or we had to drive to this parking lot, then like take an Uber from the parking lot and then walk and then like wait in line. So by the time we got in, we had like an, like a, like an hour of drinking. But it, I mean, it's sick. You just... You just sit in little lines, and they move pretty quickly, and then you just get filled up on like all these different types of beer. It's pretty awesome. Wow. So while while we were doing that, though, uh, Unwritten Law was playing, so we didn't really get to see them. Uh, they sounded good, mm-hmm. though. And apparently the singer Scott Russo brought his son out to sing a song, which was pretty cool. Hmm. And yeah, I, I, I like that band a lot. They're pretty cool. I remember when I was uh, my first year in college in Santa Barbara. Um, they played at a frat house. I was there. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then also, um, the the old guitar player used to come down and visit the people who lived in um, in the duplex behind us. It was like one unit, but um, it was like we were in the front and they were in the back, and I'm still friends with these guys. Now, they actually booked our show for Punk Rock Bowling. Oh, but, sick. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, Chris and Trent from Slavatory. Shout out, guys. These guys are awesome. But Rad. That's how that's how I kind of like found out about Unwritten Law. I mean, I I I think you know actually I, I think I saw them at the Catalyst before that hmm. with uh, the Offspring and Pennywise. Okay. But yeah, I've all, I've always liked them. That they've kind of gone through some different uh, changes and different kind of like stylistic changes, but they're pretty cool. You didn't get to see them then, right? I caught them as I was walking in. I think they were. I think we were heard them playing, and then we kind of got there. I think they played. Yeah, we were right when they were coming. They were playing, and we were kind of looking around. We're right. so cool, you know. And then they came off stage or whatever, and yeah, and then um, yeah, we they were just about. We saw about a quarter of their set, barely, okay. you know, because we hadn't made it up to the stage right, or anything. We we're just right. kind of getting our bearings. Getting your bearings for sure. Yeah. So then, what did you were guys were able to see? Uh, me first in the Gimme Gimmies, right? We we got to see uh, me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Uh, we basically waited in line uh, for beer because at that point of the festival they stopped the free beer and then oh, yeah, you to pay for them. Yeah, yeah, it was like there were I think there were like twelve bucks a piece or something. It was or yeah. eight bucks, eight <laughs> eight was, bucks. I think it was right. eight or twelve bucks, but whatever. You know, it, yeah. I mean, you you. 
I'm not going to like not drink beer because it's too expensive. I mean, I'm I saved up for this, so I'm going right. to drink beer. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't I didn't let the price affect my drinking, believe me. I no <laughs> I never do. No. Right. <laughs> but you know, it it is a beer atmosphere and totally. we we you know, we got like two each, you know, waited in line, got like two each and then Right. You know, after that transition of free beer, and then people still wanted beer, so they all there was a big line right after the free beer, and then yeah. it was pretty. Is then after you know about an hour or so, it was it was easy to get beer. I mean, they had so many booths. It's so it was so cool, man. I'm yeah. so glad I went. I'm so glad I went, and we were just drinking like good beer too. You know, it's not yeah. like Coors Light. It's like killer IPAs and like oh, dude. You, I mean, I wish you were, had gotten there early enough to do the beer tasting because it's all like in like so many different types of variations of beers from all these different types of breweries yeah and it's all free you're like oh i want to try this one i want to try this one yeah it was so cool we one of my friends owns he's the main brewer you know and then he's got like investors but he owns yeah he, he he's a ceo or whatever of the head brewer i don't know he's he's mm-hmm. he's it's his company basically but he runs and owns Sacktown Brewery, which is where the festival was held. Sacramento, oh, nice. yeah, Sacktown, yeah. Sacramento, and he was there. And brewers drink a lot of beer. Uh, they dr- <laughs> they drink when they work. That's part of the clause in a brewer's, uh, you know, in the brewer handbook. And uh, right. he was there, and I saw him, and he was just shit canned. By the time <laughs> I saw him, he's like, "I wasn't supposed to drink today," but I just. He was there serving beer, so I saw him at the tail end of his um, commitment, and he gave me a beer and stuff like that. Nice. But uh, yeah, Sacktown Brewing. It's okay. a really yeah, he's won a couple gold medals for brewing beer and stuff wow. like that. And then we we some. yeah we got some uh, beer, and the bands were playing, and uh, we went up saw me first in the Gimme Gimmies, and then you know, and then Pennywise and. Uh, the offspring and, and we left a little bit early because we wanted to didn't want to die trying to catch an uber so oh, God, yeah and it wasn't that bad we left the, like probably three quarters of the way through offspring set okay. and uh, you know starting to get dark and stuff and i think it was like nine o'clock the festival ended and we left at like probably eight forty and and we caught an uber and we were out of there it was it was a blast but like so rad so many shitty tattoos and like <laughs> Just like punk rock chicks, that are, you know. It, yeah, it was, totally. It, it was so fun. I, yeah, it, it was fun. We we it, said till the end, and yeah, it was kind of a bitch getting an Uber, getting home. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there before. The last time I did still, that, it was a UFC fight. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was it was totally worth it. That's the only thing I would recommend is is you know sacrifice the last. Uh, 20 minutes of the last band set and catch an uber because we you know we got one and we we planned on it though you know yeah and uh you so know. what what are your highlights from the bands um well uh you know obviously me first and the gimme gimme's was really they were really good uh-huh. and why don't you explain that band because someone who doesn't know me first and the gimme gimme's explain what it is and how they rotate yeah, besides, their, their, besides their crazy name well, Me yeah. First the Gimme Gimme's is like a super group of all guys that are in punk rock bands. And what they do is they do cover songs. And each album that they put out has has like a different theme to it. You know, like one will be like 
uh, cover song cover songs of like show tunes, and then the other one's like cover songs of like R and B songs. But they're it's all done like in a punk rock format, mm-hmm. and it's really funny. It's if you haven't heard them, it's really funny stuff. Um, the singer is this guy Spike, and he I guess he used to be the bass player in Swingin' Utters, but um, this is kind of one of those like Fat Records heads who's been like around for a long time. Uh, normally, um, Fat Mike from No Effects, the singer for No Effects, plays bass. But, um, you know, that's one of the things with this band is one one of the members has, like, a prior commitment. If they're out on tour with their band, they have to have someone else fill in. So, luckily for bass, I got uh, Jay Bentley from Bad Religion in the play. And it was cool seeing him in this band. Uh, Joey Cape, the singer from Lagwagon, is one of the guitarists, and he was there. And then the other guitar player is usually um, Chris Shiflett from the Foo Fighters. But he was doing stuff, so he couldn't be on the show. So, he had his brother, Scott who is um, in face-to-face playing guitar. And uh, the drummer is Dave Ron from, um, from Lagwagon. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, so that's, that's kind of like their deal. If like, you know, if one guy can't make the band, I know, yeah, they'll, they'll have different guys fill in. I think I've seen them with like Brian Baker from Bad Religion playing guitar one time, I'm pretty sure. Right. Uh, but, the, you know, they'll kind of like rotate members. But songs are funny and it was, it was a pretty good time, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought they did a great job. I'd never seen him. I've I've, I've heard of him, and I always kind of thought that that it was kind of like, oh, that's stupid. They're playing cover songs, and like that's kind of in a punk rock way. That's kind of generic. And then I saw him, and I'm like, oh my god, that's genius. And and then the rotating, and I'll talk about some of the drummers. And in the punk rock world, they they rotate a lot of drummers. Drummers, it's it's like they're mixed up. And they next thing you know, you're like, oh, he played with him. Last year in this band, and the drummers, a lot of punk drummers, kind of rotate around. And well, shit, and what about what about the da- like Dave Ron from uh, Me First and Give Me Gimme's? He's been in RKL. He's been in Good Riddance. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Dave Ron for Me First and the Gimme Gimme's. Yeah, Lagwagon, RKL, Good Riddance. You know, um, you know, and um, and you know. So let's talk about Dave Ron. I mean, Dave Ron. Or did you want to do that in the next section? No, we can talk about him now. Yeah. Um, well, Dave Ron is is uh, the drummer for. I'm just gonna call it me first because I get sick of uh, saying <laughs> that. But uh, for me first, is it's Dave Ron, and and he's just an amazing drummer. He's done a lot of uh, a lot of punk rock albums, and what you see a lot of times with these guys that play. Um, next thing you know, you'll be like, oh, I like that you know punk rock band too and oh he he played for two years with that band and you really see um see that happen with in the punk rock world is a lot of uh musicians particularly drummers will um will play in several different bands like for example josh freeze uh Mm -hmm. the drummer for the vandals the vandals who um played before me first was uh he this, I mean, Josh Freeze is a class. He, he's he's a studio drummer. He he people hire him to play on their albums. Literally in Hollywood, someone's like, "Well, who should we have play on it?" He's a studio drummer, one of the best. Literally one of the best studio drummers. Uh, they call him three days before. You know, give him the 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 songs, and this guy can literally create a studio recording in three days 
and he's just an incredible drummer. Drummer Josh Freeze. He's he's playing for this punk rock the band, the Vandals. You know, mm-hmm. this is the same guy that played on the suicidal suicidal tendencies Art of Rebellion album, which is one of my favorite albums. He played in Guns and Roses. He, he he's just played in a ton of a ton of records. He was like, he's in a perfect circle too, right? Yeah, he's just he's incredible, and a ton of a ton of other you know just contracted drumming jobs. He's yeah. Josh Josh oh, Freeze. He played, is one he of the played best. in he played in Nine Inch Nails, I think. Yeah. He's got a S load of work, man. Right. This guy's this guy has he's a studio musician. They just call this guy up and, and he'll be like, Yeah, sure, I could play that. And it's crazy because you see these really great drummers playing in these punk rock bands mm-hmm. and um he just slayed it. I mean the guy's just incredible. Yeah, he's and, sick. Yeah. Pop, the and, P- Pennywise drummer's pretty sick too. Yeah, you know, I was going to talk about uh, Byron uh, McMacken, McMacken, Byron McMacken, you know. He's not my favorite drummer, but he um, he's, he's kind of, he's fast for sure. He's not stylistically, you know, he's nothing to watch. He's kind of hunkered down behind his drums, you know, and he's got a five piece, so you can't really see him. Um, most punk rock drummers have like a bass drum and one tom, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of hunkered down there. He, he looks like shit when he's playing, but it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, he looks like total garbage when he plays, man. He's nothing to watch. But uh, but yeah, so but you know, if you were to close your eyes and listen to it, it sounds fine. If yeah. you were to watch him, it's like, how does that little pinhead play that good? You know, but <laughs> he's not. He's nothing to watch. It's it's funny how that works. But yeah, those those were the, those were the drummers. I never. I didn't really get a chance to uh watch the um the offspring. offspring well i did you know it was kind of dark and stuff and i and, and i was kind of you know getting a little drunk so it's like hard to like you know like totally remember it but uh but that it, it's a guy named pete parada he yeah. played in he played in face to face right Saves day the right. offspring you know uh, he's and, he's and a, who else did he play for uh someone that we're going to be talking about later on in this podcast I don't know. He played for Halford, like Rob Halford's solo band. Did he really? Yeah. He's a ripping yeah, drummer, he's good. dude. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I hadn't seen Offspring with him before, but he's pretty sick. He rips. That Like, he's another guy. And they have these great drummers playing for these punk rock bands. And it's just like, man, it's so cool to see. I mean, these guys are, you know, have instructional videos, these guys. You know, they're they're the cream of the crop of drum drummers, you know? Yeah. They're just as good as any Steve, uh, Dave Matthews band drummers, or you know, they're better because they, they, they're like I don't know. I just think they're better. Yeah, I think the only problem with the drummer for the Dave Matthews band, I mean, he's sick, but the only thing I don't like about him is that he plays drums in the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're gonna see him on the internet, like Dave Matthews band drummer molests five little boys. You're like, oh, I shit. knew it! Oh, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> No, yeah, I don't know about that. He's just gonna make crappy music. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I don't know. He's he, he's he, yeah, he's a trip, dude. That guy's a trip. He's like, yeah, he he's yeah. a trip. But uh, anyways, yeah, talk- yeah, the, the, these drummers are just fantastic. Talking about metal is just kind of like inching me towards our next section of this podcast. Should we just jump into it? Let's do it. All right, our music review. <laughs> Our 
music review for this episode is Judas Priest, Firepower, Straight Metal. Now, I haven't really listened to too much Judas Priest, I have to be honest, even though I am very much a fan of metal music. But they're just one of those bands that I never really like listened to that much. So that's where I was going into this, uh, into this album. And the new album is called Firepower. Uh, 2018, these guys have been doing it for a very, very long time, and they're still going strong. Um, overall, my, my notes on the album. The album sounds very retro as far as stylistically, but with new production techniques. So like the top production techniques that they're, that they're doing right now, but with like this very retro style. Uh, sick guitar solos and sick guitar harmonies and like guitar trade-off stuff. Um, Glenn Tipton has been is one of the guitarists. He's been in the band like I think like since the beginning, like since, at least from the very early days. And typically, the other guitar player was uh, this guy KK Downing, and the two of them are kind of known for being like the dynamic duo of metal guitar players. But KK Downing had left the left the band, and they got this new guy uh, Richie Faulkner in, and they're still doing the same shit, which is rad. Just like the double harmony guitar thing, totally sick. Um, the bass is uh, by this guy Ian Hill and the drummer Scott Travis, and they provide like a pretty solid rhythm section, pretty just solid. Um, what I thought about this album is like it's like Rob Halford sounds the same as he did. Like, oh yeah, he is still killing it, dude. Guy can sing his ass off. Mm-hmm. He's always been a badass singer, and he still sounds like he did like back in the '80s. It's insane. And this is like this isn't like a thrash metal album. You know, I I, I tend to kind of gravitate more towards more like the thrash stuff. This is just like straight up, just like old school metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I, I love this album. I thought it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a good kind of like, I mean, it's not like intro to Judas Priest because I've obviously heard like a bunch of like their old albums and stuff. Um, but I ha- I've never really like done like a full like deep dive into into the band and like this being able to like listen that was to nice being able to do it you know like yeah like like it it forced us to listen to the album doing right the, right this podcast. To like, yeah to like to get, take a really like honest listen and really kind of like dive into all of the different intricacies of the music made me really appreciate what they're doing now and what they've been doing for so long um they have a couple of music videos uh, one is for a song called lightning strike and the other for a song called specter and they're pretty basic, but it's, I mean, it's just cool. And it makes me really want to go and like fucking see Judas Priest live. Mm-hmm. I want to go fucking see Judas Priest whenever they come because this shit's fucking rad. I, I, I was into the album. Um, overall, I mean, I, I was a big fan of the stuff and like not kind of like knowing too much going in. It was kind of like almost, I was like a blank slate, but I really enjoyed it. And I, I gave the album a seven out of eight. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um, Hell yeah! It was, it was very enjoyable. I mean, I smoked a little pot before I listened <laughs> to it, and I hope that's not why I loved it so much. I don't think it was, but, but, I mean, listening to music, you know, and I don't, I don't smoke pot a lot, but I was like, this was like oh. a perfect opportunity, and sure, I, I just enjoyed the hell out of it, man. It was like, uh, it was just. It was just great, and I know that's really, really a lame, lame explanation, but <laughs> but what they do, and I really feel like Rob Halford like really makes the music what it is. The way he sings and the way he composes his mm-hmm. lyrics, I was 
figuring it out when I was listening to it. I'm like, oh my God, this singer is making this what it is. He He's so good at what he does that he's actually making, he's molding the music because the, the drumming's killer. The right. guitar, the guitars are like unbelievable, dude. Yeah, and good. And there's there was riffs that you could hear Pantera, like like I heard Pantera all over this. And you know, I used to hear Pantera say like, you know, someone would ask, you know, Phil Ensemble, who's like this shaved, uh, shaved head, you know, like he's like gnarly, like it's not like an idolistic person or someone you looked up to. He's like this big scary guy, and he's like. You know, he's giving homage to Judas Priest. And yeah, it's like, I remember. I remember when we used to watch those old Pantera videos, and they were like big Priest fans. I remember seeing like some footage of them uh, with like it was either Pantera or Judas Priest, but it was like both Phil and Rob Halford like singing a Judas Priest song together. It was pretty sick. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, is is that like they they paid homage to this, and then I I could hear like the guitars. The guitar riffs, like they're totally on two separate sides of the spectrum, you know. Like, mm. Pantera is like, I, I, you know, I don't know, but a lot of metal bands pay homage to Judas Priest. Yeah, you can see uh, why li- listening to this album. Yeah, the guitar work alone is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, it was it was really enjoyable. Rob Halford's a genius. He's um. He's 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 sixty six years old, you know, and he's still killing it. You still know? killing it. He's um he's just he's just a he's just a uh, he really molds the the music um and makes it what it what what Judas Priest is altogether. And I just really enjoyed it. The the, the drumming was was incredible. Uh, the double bass, huge yeah, double bass double fills. Bass. I mean, the guitars like are like singing the killing. guitars with a double bass. Are, I I always like that kind of sound. When, yeah, like, when you know, like the uh, the guitars and the bass are like locked into the bass drum. Yeah, like, the like that kind of stuff. Is oh sick. man, it was it was it was. I heard so many different bands in in this album, and I go, oh, they probably you know. I just I heard I heard so much. You know, I, they're the they're the foundation of metal. I think you know. I think that, yeah, and. They killed it once again. <laughs> and they have songs like Necromancer. Necromancer, which means like romance with something dead. And this is like something totally metal and, and like Necromancer. Like like what? What did you do? And then you listen to the song. I thought, and it's I, just... I thought a necromancer was like a uh like a evil wizard or something i just i just saw like uh, you know i've i've science class and i read necro and then yeah, and then i say romancer is, is a person who practices necromancy which is like a wizard or a mag- magician okay okay so i, I thought it was <laughs> so, because it has the word romance in it right yeah and it has necro in it too yeah. oh which God, means so funny. dead yeah but yeah, um, that's what it means. But that's pretty. They funny. talk about wizards and dragons and and yeah. you know all that <laughs> stuff. I mean, they are so you, you heavy should. metal. But then, and it's like, and they're doing like all this, you know, like all this, like yeah, total falsetto, like, falsetto it's like and leather like, metal. Oh my god, there's it. It was it was rad. I you know, 
it was rad. It's not gonna change the world. It's not gonna change the world album, but it's like, yeah, yeah. like seven out of eight. Yeah, that, Sweet. of course. You know what I mean? Of so course. we actually, I think this might be the first episode we've ever had where we've had the same score for both the album and mm-hmm. for the uh, mm-hmm. movie. I think an eight out of eight. First you know, oh. <laughs> no, no. I think an eight out of an eight uh, album is something like Pearl Jam, like uh, ten or, or or what uh, one Pearl no, that's Jam a, that's one. A ten out of eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like yeah. Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, hell uh, yeah. That's an old You know, th- those are like, you know, those are for eights. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. but this is this is up there. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it, especially to anyone who likes metal. Mm-hmm. All right, bud. Well, that is going to, um, that's going to be the end of this episode. It's going to be another episode of the Loud Feedback Podcast in the books. And yeah. I encourage all of you listening to go ahead, you know, go check us out and leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Rate us an Apple podcast. That stuff is super sweet. And you know what? You can subscribe to us. And then when you're done, tell a friend to subscribe. Tell a friend about mm-hmm. our podcast. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta throw something down. I mean, we're throwing down for you. You gotta throw down for us. I mean, and it's so easy. We will say a little prayer for you. Yeah, if you give us a little review, we'll be like, yeah. you know, send a little energy, your, good energy your way, and uh, yeah. We and if you know what, it. and and if you want to talk to me for some reason, I'm not hard to find online. Just look me up, Jeff Yerhicken. Send me a message or something. Tell us what yeah. you think about the podcast. Yeah, hit That'd us up. That'd be cool for we sure. Can chat. Yeah, for sure. We're open to it. Yeah. So where else can they find uh, you online, Mike? I am nowhere to be seen online right now. No, uh, I actually, I just got my Facebook back. You know, you can see all the stupid shit I do on there. Um, but uh, my Twitter's up. Uh, I don't know what my Twitter handle is. I basically have been telling myself to get my uh, stuff together uh, with my, my, uh, my Twitter game is really weak. I, I love I, Twitter. I, I have a yeah. super weak Twitter game. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm on um, I'm on Instagram. I think more than anything these days, which is that's what ev- everyone kind of like. Like, you know, it's the turd that rises to, up to the top when you when you want to get rid of your social media. It seems like everybody's into Instagram. So mm. I got to get my Instagram stuff together. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm working on that. Uh, my my social media presence and stuff like that. But sure. if you can find Jeff, you can find me. Yeah, you can find either of us. mm Hmm. All right, man. Well, that's going to be the end of another episode. We will see you guys next month on the Wild Feedback Podcast. So until then, no. No.